remember this one time um, on All Saints Day, my pastor started off his homily by asking everyone in the pews to introduce themselves to each other as saints. Mm. So I introduced myself to my family as Saint Joseph. Oh, kind of um, like the Saint Joseph, like Jesus Saint Joseph. Yeah, yeah, but I got to distinguish myself. I, I said like Saint Joseph of, of San Antonio, San Antonio. Or, or Waco, or or what are those? Great. Yeah, I don't know. Put that like on if it happens, then they'll decide. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put that like on your prayer card. Yeah, yeah. So you'd be Saint Diego, and you'd be Saint Eric. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a great little way of focusing on like what we should be striving for yeah. in life because we're all called to be saints right mm-hmm. um but I, i'm like what makes a saint though like what kind of qualities does a person need to have to be considered a saint no that's a good question um i think um more than anything like what i think what's what's difficult when people think about like oh i want to be a saint and stuff like that um it seems like such a lofty goal um that like you're like oh like there's no way I can do it. Like, even us, like, talking here, we're like, oh, man, like, yeah, that'd be nice, but, like, what do I do to it, to do it? Um, and I think really um, to see what makes a saint, um, what's great about, like, uh, us and our faith is that we have the examples of other saints, right? And so you mm-hmm. get to see, like, in their own individual lives what it was that made them a saint. Um, but then you also see that it's so different for every single one. So it's going to be different for St. Eric and St. Joseph and St. Diego. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a yeah. big cons- misconception is that people think that saints were, like, led perfect lives. Right. Like, they never did anything wrong or um, had no problems in, in their lives or issues. But that's not true at all. They are just like you and me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, what throws a lot of people off is, like, we see these statues, yeah. and they seem so so pious and reverent, and we're like... Well, I don't think I'm always like that, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think I could be a saint. <laughs> start yeah. practicing now, just start posing in that way. Yeah. But, yeah, that's exactly right. Like, um, sometimes we can kind of get put off, but it really is the very human things that they did that um, that helped them to reach those extraordinary levels of, like, of piety or different virtues, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to answer the question, Eric, is that, like, what made them uh, saints was their virtues, their practicing of the virtues. Um, and so in, in each case for each saint, it was different because they, they're all like that u- unique person. They're that, their own person, right? So like the saint, the, the virtues that you find most strong, like let's say in St. Ignatius of Loyola, um, aren't going to be the exact same virtues that you find um, or in the same ways that you find like a St. Teresa of Lisieux. Um, but yet in the same way, in the, in, at the same time, like they have those same, they all have the virtues but they express them in their own way and at different levels and kind of like that's kind of how they're portrayed. Um, and they all had their own struggles as well, like Joseph was saying. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they weren't always just like there praying and stuff like that, but they had their hardships as well. Yeah, some of them led very like radically different lives before, right. like conversions like St. Yeah. Augustine. St. Augustine, which we yes. read uh, this. Uh, yeah, we read, read Confessions, we read... yeah. He's a very famous example yeah. of like how one can go from living a life totally like turned away from God living a life in sin and being completely transformed being becoming like one of the great heroes of the faith right yeah yeah and one that changed the faith a lot mm-hmm. in terms of how we think about God and our relationship with God yeah, yeah. and we see that by their relationship mm-hmm. um, so I think what comes to mind especially when we're thinking of like stories and radical changes um, for me is St. Is Francis of Assisi 
Um, oh, and that's yeah. that's mainly because as a kid I would watch uh, this cartoon series, mm-hmm. um, and it was like the story of Saint Francis, but it was like animated, um, and it was pretty well done for for the early two thousands, I guess. Um, but it it always captivated me as a kid to see like he was like rich and he was a soldier, and then he came um, from this family that was all about prestige, uh, and then like you see in the story in the animations like um, the struggle that he goes through when he's about to go into battle and like something causes him to go ill and then he like slumps off the horse and then all this stuff and then you're like okay that's interesting and then when he encounters Christ like that's where he decides to change his life and then you see him like radically change where it's like him um, literally just like getting naked in the town square and it's like disowning like everything that he owned giving away all this father stuff and it's like oh my goodness like um, and as a kid like you just think oh like this is this is normal because you see the stories of like other heroes other superheroes and stuff like that you're like, oh, yeah, that happens. Like, somebody got struck by lightning, now he's the Flash. Or, mm-hmm. um, like, Superman landed on Earth and he was an alien, and, like, that's where he gets his powers from, from the sun and stuff like that. Um, and so as a kid, like, it, the concept is so easy to grasp. We're just like, oh, yeah, that just happens, right? There has to be a change in order for, like, to change your life radically. Yeah. But then when you get older, you're like, oh, man, there's so much more there. Like, there's, yeah, so, there there's so, much so much more. more. And I think that, well, like you were saying with St. Francis... It's not just who you are as a person. It's that relationship with God, right. which a lot of the saints, well, all the saints show in one way or another, some more clearly than others. Um, just thinking about uh, a f- well, funny little story, because I'm thinking of like St. Scholastica's um, mm. relationship with God and yeah. with her own brother, who was St. Mm. Benedict, yeah. the twin saints. Um, and just thinking about it, um, I believe it was Benedict was visiting his sister at mm-hmm. her convent and she was like hey why don't you stay the night like it's gonna be bad it's gonna rain like just just stay no, nothing will happen if you stay yeah and he's like no it looks it looks bad if I stay I'm right. not gonna stay and so she prayed to God make him stay <laughs> a terrible <laughs> storm came yeah. and he had to stay he was forced to yeah, yeah. he was forced to <laughs> so it's it's that relationship with God or like I think it was uh, Teresa of Avila, I think, who was on a horse. It was raining. She knocked, got knocked off her horse, and she, like, quipped, like, if this is how you treat your friends, then oh, yeah. no wonder you have so little. Hmm. Oh, is that, what, is that why she said that? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's funny. <laughs> um, so in these like, types of things, they, like, show the closeness that they have mm-hmm. with God. Right. And I think it's such an admirable uh, goal to have to be at one point in one's life so close to God that you not only are like praying but are in conversation with him right mm-hmm. and it, it also shows like the very like especially those stories show how human the saints were because um, like Saint Scholastica like just being human she was like no I want my brother to stay like, I don't want him to go. Like, I want to hang out with my brother a little bit more. And she asked God, and God's like, all right, fine. Like, hang out with your brother. And then St. Teresa, the same way. Like, she gets knocked off the horse. She's like, come on. Like, what's going on? But it's, like, so human. It's not like her praying, like, God, like, you knocked me off this horse. Her, she's just like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> of course you don't have friends, right? So I think the human aspect of it, um, for me, is what helps me kind of, like, like okay, like, maybe it's, it's difficult, yes, but maybe it's not out of reach. It shows it's attainable. Yeah, exactly. With practice. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. It just 
just having to give God all you have. Right. Every mm-hmm. moment of every day. Um, just accepting His grace and acting with His grace. Mm-hmm. That's. It sounds very simple. Yeah. I mean, in a way it is, but it's, it's challenging because, I mean, I think we all here try to do this every day, but we realize every day how hard it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we all fall short. Um, and I think for me, reading the lives of the saints, um, that's, that's what I first pick up on, I think. Like, oh, like, they fell short. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, look, let me look at my life. Where am I falling short? And maybe, like, in my life, it might be a lot more than the saints, like, um, or in the case, because I read uh, the autobiography of St. Teresa of Avila, um, and what struck me, and even in the, the notes before, like, you start reading the book in the intro, um, it says, like, don't be, like, afraid when she starts talking about, like, her sins and stuff like that, but she's, like, really, really hurt by them. And then you read it, and you're like, that's, like, so little. Like, <laughs> what the heck? Like, and then you look at yourself, you're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so the, the, like, the intro was just saying, like, don't worry. Like, it's okay. Like, that's just her spirituality, how she was doing stuff. Um, so, like, yeah, for me, I think it helps to reflect on my own life and be like, okay, um, when I sin in certain ways, why am I not taking it as seriously as the saints are? And if I do, then... Um, then I can then see the change that happens, right? That comes with it. And I think also like um, going back a little bit to like this idea of like like a lightning strike, like something like changing. Um, I think that happens to all of us in our lives, sometimes multiple times. Um, but then it's like you were saying, like it's working at it every single day. So it's after the event happens, like to continue and not to just like wait for those happen those moments to keep on happening to you, um, but rather to work with it. Yeah. Yeah, the spiritual life. I've heard it said. I think it's one of Ascension pre- presents videos, and like the spiritual mm-hmm. life is a process, mm-hmm. not an yeah. instantaneous right. thing. It's instantaneous, like goal achieved. Right. It, it requires constant work. Um, there's another saint that I was reading lately, um, the story of a soul by Saint Teresa of Lisieux, oh, yeah. um, and reading about her life in the convent. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of ways is like relatable to us here in seminary, living in community. Um, and I was just reading about her struggling um, with like patience and charity and having and dealing with all her, <laughs> her sister's um, annoying habits or just struggling every day to just like mm-hmm. be holy. <laughs> it, when it's challenging, I'm like, man, I can relate to that so much because it's just, it's a, such a human yeah. thing that we all yeah. go through. Um, Sounds like it resonates with you a little bit too much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, definitely. Um, and I, I think uh, even though like she was living in a convent and we're in a seminary, like we can still draw from that. Mm-hmm. There's still something there. Mm-hmm. There's still something that transcends um, beyond just the actual experience. But like, there's something more that we're like, oh, I can kind of take that from it as well. That experience. Yeah. Yeah. Not even just in seminary. Like anyone. Mm-hmm. If you have a relationship with anyone, like we all do, there are going to be times where you're tested and face trials right. and have to choose patience mm-hmm. over impatience and charity. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's always something we can learn from every saint. Right, absolutely. Yeah. No matter how different from uh, our own lives they can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, just came to mind um, stuff like St. Barbara, 3rd century, I think, just a very different life from ours where the church was persecuted. Mm-hmm. We can still look to her life and take examples from her life and you 
use them ourselves. Right. Um, who, who, who was St. Barbara again? St. Barbara? Oh, she Explain. was... Sorry. <laughs> There's so many of them. I don't keep track. No, uh, St. Barbara was an um, early Christian martyr uh, uh -huh. of the church. Basically, um, she learned about Catholicism from the slaves her family had. Oh. And she was catechized by them. She took on the faith. And someone found out she took on the faith, mm. which was not well liked. Right. She was asked to offer incense to the Roman gods. Mm -hmm. She would not. Mm -hmm. So they literally had her dad stab her in the back. Wow. Whoa. And she gave up her life doing that. So like, um, in a way, like learning about the faith, growing in it, and not backing down from mm -hmm. our own faith. Th those are ideals that we can still use today, even if it's like, centuries ago yeah um and we won't have that exact experience of like um like having slaves teach us the faith or um literally being stabbed killed. in the back yeah. yeah but like you said like the other ex parts of it the experience is is what we can draw out of it for sure mm -hmm. yeah that's great and i think that's the beauty really of of our faith um this idea of the communion of saints um and how there's so many of them and how like it's like fine you might not be attracted to the spirituality of one or the life that one lived but there's always going to be one there's always going to be at least one that you're like okay like i really like that mm -hmm. um and so i think that always leads to the question then of like well who's your favorite saint or who is it that you relate to the most um which i know like in in my case at least it, like mm -hmm. it, sometimes it rotates it changes like yeah. by day or by week or whatever it is um but i guess for you guys who's your favorite saint we can start with joseph if you want yeah. Oh man, that's that's a hard one. I, I would also say probably Saint John Paul II. Okay. Uh, but you already talked about. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, he he was just such a powerful figure in the church, and just right. one day, I, like, just played a real, like, a large part of my vocational journey. Mm -hmm. uh, inspired me to start like really admiring the priesthood, and right. and also just like considering it possibly possibly. Um, but besides him, uh, I don't know. I like St. Joseph, because I'm, I'm named after St. Joseph. I was yeah. born in March, um, yeah. and his feast days in, in March, too. Um, I know we did the, the consecration. Oh, well, we all three of us. Yeah, yeah, all three of us. Yeah. <laughs> we did the, the consecration to St. Joseph yeah. um, earlier. That was really um, nice. Yeah, that so awesome. that was. I just learned so much uh, more about him, because I feel like he's... Um, kind of why well, I guess rightly so we focus a lot on Mary and mm -hmm. I think that's so right but uh, we kind of forget about St. Joseph and like how much he did and the kind of life that he lived um, right. so for me it was just amazing to see um, going into like all the hidden details of his life that you find in scripture and just like dissecting like this tiny verse and just seeing so much drawn out of that yeah. for yeah. me it was just really inspiring well, it's no secret my favorite saint is John Paul II, just because he's amazing. Right. Um, but other than, because I could talk an hour about why I love JP2 so much. We got so time. We're not, <laughs> so we're not going to do that today. Um, but other than him, uh, in recent years, I've been very much inspired by uh, St. Andre Bisset of Montreal. Mm. Going back to St. Joseph. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, St. Joseph also has a special place in my heart. Uh, being born on one of his feast days. Um, but I learned about 
um, say, Andre Bessette during my college years, where I actually was able to have uh, to go on pilgrimage to uh, the Oratory of Saint Joseph in Montreal, and um, just throughout the whole pilgrimage, learning about his life, seeing the hardships, like reading about the hardships that he had, the way he was treated, uh, not only by people outside his own religious community, but by those in his religious community that were like were his brothers, right? Um, and the way, just his sort of abandonment to St. Joseph mm. and the trust he had in St. Joseph was just amazing and uninspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being able to see the fruits of his labor, the big, big basilica, uh, the oratory, and just being like, wow, this humble man that would like charge like nickels for haircuts and had a grand vision of building a massive church to St. Joseph, completed his work in honor of St. Joseph. And it's now this huge oratory where hundreds of thousands of people go every year to ask um, healing intercession of St. Joseph. And it's mm-hmm. just amazing. Yeah. we got to take a road trip one of these days out there. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need like a month. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, yeah. What about you, St. Diego? Oh, man. Um, I think there's, like like all of us, like there's always like different times and different periods of our life where we like kind of walk with different saints. Um, but one that has like come back from from a while ago um, is St. Joan of Arc. Oh, um, okay, yeah. Yeah, so I I had always heard about St. Joan of Arc and she's like also like a kind of a popular figure like outside of uh, the religion of Catholic religion. Um, she's always like mentioned in history books and stuff like that. Um, and so that's just about as much as I got about her, um, about like her life and stuff like that. So there wasn't really much uh, devotion with that. I just like knew her life, like, oh yeah, whatever. Like she helped France win against England, this and that, and then she got burned at a stake. Um, but then when COVID hit, um, I went back to my parents' house. Uh, this was after my first year in the seminary, so I was still in seminary, but I went back uh, to my parents' house um, and I was really bored. I didn't have anything else to do. and so. Um, my parents had uh, the St. Joan of Arc book by Mark Twain. Um, okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's, it's like big enough. It'll, it'll like make me not bored. Mm-hmm. And so I read it um, and I was completely blown away um, just by her life, how, like how she lived her life completely for God, like you were saying, mm-hmm. um, with absolute abandon um, for, for herself, for everything else. Like she was like, no, like I'm going to follow God. I don't care um, if I'm a 17 year old girl. And there's like an army and like all these guys are telling me like oh you're crazy like no she's like she was so true to herself and to what god was calling her to do and i think for me uh especially with covid going on and things like that um it was so helpful for me to be like okay like i can't just like just sit here and be like oh like what was me like all this is happening in the world but like i can i'm still called to do something uh to be courageous where i'm at um whether that's not when I was there at my house or like back in the seminary, like I'm still called to um, go above and beyond, even though like um, I'm one of the younger guys in the seminary, like it, it doesn't matter. Like uh, I think it's in Isaiah, I might be wrong, um, but he says something to the effect of saying like, uh, don't worry if you're young, um, like that your age really doesn't matter when God's calling you. Um, he calls at all different ages. Um, and so that's something that helped me out. She's currently my screensaver on my phone. Um, yeah, so she's 
she's definitely played a big part, especially in this past year of seminary, to just be like, you know, like if God's calling you to do something, like leave everything else behind and just go for it. Um, so yeah, St. Joan of Arc for me. Nice. Nice. You said that was Mark Twain? Yeah. He wrote what? He wrote a biography of her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was, knew that. yeah, I was shocked by that too. Um, I think it's Mark Twain. I'm pretty sure it was Mark Twain. Um, but he um, was kind of intrigued by her story more than anything. Um, he wasn't Catholic, but he was just like, yeah, this is like a, a massive figure in history. And he was just like so inspired. So he decided to do um, like insane amounts of research uh, just to figure out like how her life was and to find out the truth. Because there's so many different versions of history of how her life went, especially how it ended. Um, that he was like, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. And so what he wrote is actually used not only as a piece of literature, but also for like history, like for documents and stuff like that, they referenced to his book because of how much research he did. Um, yeah, so if I'm not mistaken, it's Mark Twain. Okay. Um, but it's, it's and the, the fact that it was Mark Twain and the way it's written, like um, there's parts that are obviously like um, him kind of like taking a little bit of um, literature, uh, Creative liberties. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, creative liberties on like how certain dialogue went and stuff like that. But for the most part, he gets it as 100% historically accurate as he can. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's Mark Twain. The way he writes is phenomenal. So I would mm -hmm. definitely recommend it if you have the time. I'll have to get a copy of the book then. Yeah, I can let you borrow mine. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always like hearing, um, learning about like saints who died when they were children. Yeah. Because that's what the Gospels say, like, you must become children to enter the kingdom of God. And with those saints, we can see perfect examples. Yeah. Um, but I also think it might be hard for us living in such a modern society right. to be like, well, they are, they were living in such a different world. It's easier for them. They don't have all the distractions and temptations like we do today. But I think to combine those two, like, living in our world today and also being a child, I think we see really good example and um, very modern saints. Even though he's technically not canonized saint, he's he was oh, yeah. recently beatified. Um, Carlo Acutis, yeah, um, yes. is awesome. He's just such yeah. an awesome kid, an awesome example. Um, he died, I think, when he was fifteen mm -hmm. from like a rare leukemia, I think. Um, but but he's a really a inspiring example, I think, for. Not only just kids, but for me too. Um, right. Even though we're older than him, um, because he was a, I guess a self-taught web developer. Yeah. He taught himself yeah. how to code, which is really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Not having to take any classes, but um, knowing that field, he could have easily gotten like a really high-paying job, right. uh, done some like really famous app or something like that. But instead, with his love of Christ, love of the Eucharist, he has such a strong devotion to the Eucharist, he used that talent uh, that he had to make a, a website yeah. uh, documenting all the Eucharistic miracles that have occurred in the world right. in history. And it's just such a inspiration of using your talents for, for God's glory mm -hmm. yeah. rather than for your own like possible like selfish benefits exactly yeah. Yeah. it's funny you mentioned that because I actually was on the website just a couple days ago really? I was I was trying to find it because yeah. uh, someone mentioned like why don't you go look at all the Eucharistic miracles see what um, just read about them mm -hmm. and like looking at it even though it was like built in the 
90s? Early early days, yeah. Early 2000s. Early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, maybe. It still looks it still looks pretty good and yeah. modern uh, today. I know there's like a group that maintains it I think currently, so, yeah. but mm. it's it still looks pretty good and for something that's lasted as long as it has it it it's up to par with what we yeah, have today. Yeah. And it's not just that. Um, he was also very much into a practicing asceticism mm-hmm. um, noticing that he would sometimes get too much too much sweets and desserts in his mm-hmm. life he would tell his mom okay I'm just cutting this out I'm not going to do this anymore and he would do like long periods of time without without sweets which is that's crazy. Uh, I admire that. <laughs> yeah, especially at that age like you're saying yeah, like yeah. I think about myself at 15 years old I'm just like I was eating as much candy as I could like yeah. coming back from school and then uh sitting on the couch, like eating a whole bag of goldfish, like watching TV. Like that's what I remember of 15, but like to, for him to be already so far along and be like, no, like there's nothing more important in my life than this. Yeah. Um, he would also, uh, it's obvious it was God's grace working through him. Mm-hmm. Um, he liked playing PlayStation. Yeah. That's oh, what okay, like yeah. any kid his age would, but he realized the temptation mm-hmm. of that. And I think he, himself he would only do like two hours a week wow and that was it he was intent on using all his time to actually work and be productive um like learning computer science and making that website rather than falling to the temptation of wasting time playing video games which that's awesome <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's awesome. it i mean that's even an inspiration for us for what we're doing mm-hmm. here like in the podcast um with what we're trying to do on Instagram and Facebook, which if you're not following, go ahead and follow us. Please. Uh, shameless, shameless, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, what we're trying to do basically is the same thing, like where he um, saw like how great like the Eucharistic miracles were and like he was like, well, somebody needs to, needs to catalog this. Um, whereas for us, it's like, well, like we're trying to do so many good things here at the seminary. We're trying to be um, good priests, like we're trying to be formed well. Um, and we want people to see because we want other guys to see like like it's normal like it's it's okay yeah. to do this um, and so like it's it's definitely an inspiration for us um, especially when we reflect on it like man like he was beating us he was at 15 and we're like now 23 and I don't know if you you don't have to say your ages never mind that's <laughs> fine <laughs> but yeah I think that's something that um, going back to how we started like we can take that and be like this is this is how you should be living your life for Christ in this way, um, which is always, it's always, uh, for me, it's, it's more uh, tangible mm-hmm. because you get to see somebody so close uh, in time to us um, because, like, you can be like, yeah, St. Paul was, like, amazing. Like, wow, one of the, probably you could say one of the best saints. Um, but he was so far back that it's like, well, I can't just, like, go around and, like, take boats to places and evangelize, right? It's a little bit difficult. To do that now, but you see the way that uh, Carla Cotis uses the internet, and you're just like, "Well, I have the internet. Like, yeah. what's stopping yeah. me?" I think it gets pretty, it gets summed up pretty well by this quote from uh, Saint Thomas More. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure it was him who said that. I'm paraphrasing, but he says like, <laughs> "The times are never so bad that a good man cannot live in them." I think we can take it even further and be like, the times are not so bad that you cannot be a saint in yes. them. Um, so that's an invitation to all of us right. to tread on this path to sainthood. 
Stay yeah. on the path that God's calling us to go down. Yeah, and that's why he's the movie. I think of Saint Thomas More is a man for all seasons, it's and that's that's movie. exactly it. Like just to be a man for all seasons, um, which I guess brings us to another point. It's like uh, the Saint movies and how like that that helps us to learn more about them and other ways that we learn about them. Um, and I think for me, uh, especially growing up, when I think of like Catholic media or Catholic movies, like not to bash on them, but <laughs> they're not always they're not always the greatest quality. Yeah. Um, and so whenever you see one that's done so well and it portrays a life in such a way that it's like, yes, like that's Christ. That's Christ living in them. Uh, you like jump for joy and you're yeah. like telling everybody. And I think that's how we feel like about the St. Thomas More movie and so many other ones. That was really good. And this, because normally like growing up, my family would watch every Saturday the, they were always split in two, but the EWTN um movies oh, yeah. of the saints which are produced in italy which is mm. interesting um but yeah the, they're not always while they are amazing and they have they portray the saints really well they're a little aged they're not as yeah. good quality as as some movies nowadays and these don't necessarily need to have billion dollar budgets right but when you were talking about like movie quality and all that my mind went to for greater glory oh yeah Great um movie. Which I think came out in 2012. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. But it was sometime this uh, past like, decade. Past decade, yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like not just only it it showed a number of different saints mm-hmm. um, or blesseds. Um, so there was uh, the most obvious um, Saint Joselita. Yeah. Jose Sanchez del Rio, um, and just. The, the cinematography. The I actually did um, a film class in in college, and I was assigned his martyrdom scene as like mm-hmm. uh, I had to like look through every single scene and look at and just like going through that process of like I watched that death scene like seventy times. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, it's brutal too. It is brutal. Oh my gosh! Um, but looking just. The way they portrayed his mm-hmm. martyrdom was just, it's moving. Right. Um, I think around like the 50th time I was just crying <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> um, but like cinematography, they had like Andy Garcia and mm-hmm. Eva Longoria like playing parts in this. Uh, and then like Eduardo Verasti, who's a big star in, in Mexico. We can still do movies like that. Yep. Like, of course, it needs a budget and, and cast, right. but like, that is a quality that we should strive to portray in our saint movies because these stories are amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. And like um, in the 50s, Fox, uh, 20th Century Fox, actually made a movie, uh, well, they made several movies, one on St. Francis, mm-hmm. which is amazing. If you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. And then um, St. Joseph Cupertino. Mm. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh my gosh. What's that one called? It's called The Reluctant Saint. Hmm. Oh, okay. And we're going to have to watch it sometime. Yeah, soon. probably tonight. Movie night. Popcorn. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Um, but again, they used like stars that were known. Yeah. Uh, actually, when my family watched it, my mom was like, I think it's this actor. For like yeah. the villain of the movie. And just, I mean, 70 years ago now that that was made mm. and like 
it is amazing. Right. I love seeing it. I love uh, watching it again and again because of the way the story is portrayed Definitely. with good quality. Yeah, mm. and I think that's exactly it. Um, the story, we always go back to this, the, the story, the narrative, um, whatever you like to call it. Mm -hmm. um, that's exactly why we come back to the stories of the saints, to the narrative of the saints, because that um, the way they live their life is a rendition of Christ's life yeah. and Christ living through them. Um, and so it's being able to take Christ um, into different time periods, into different situations, and saying, like, okay, how did Christ live here? And how did he help the people here um, and this certain person? And so that's why I think, like, because if, if that wasn't the case, if Christ wasn't in those stories, we wouldn't go back to them. We'd be mm -hmm. like, oh, that's cute. Like, that's nice. And then move on to the next one. Kind of like what we see in um, some other movies. We're like, oh, yeah, I'll watch it once. Like, it was good, but I won't go back to it because there's not something substantial about mm -hmm. it, um, which I think is is what we always do with the saints. We always go back to them, and even the ones 2,000 years ago, um, we go back to them, and we still have feast days for them, and so we're always calling to mind um, that they're still with us. They're still um, part of this body of Christ with us. Yeah, and so, like the rest of the body of Christ, we like to call you all as well to be saints, uh, and also, if you could, help us out uh, in our path to being saints, to follow us, to uh, like our video, comment, subscribe. Make sure you hit the notification bell as well. Also look at, for us on all the other social media platforms we're on, such as Instagram and Facebook at SA Vocations. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, uh, thank this you is great. It's a lot of fun. Um, really inspired. Definitely, yeah. And if y'all want to see anything else, uh, make sure you leave in the comments maybe who your favorite saint is, or if you want to hear us speak about a specific saint, then let us know, and maybe we'll do a future episode on it. Maybe right? we can do that one-hour episode on JV2. Oh, that'd be fantastic, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank you guys again, and yeah. thanks for joining us. Peace.